Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church in Chicago. My name is Pastor Joel Hess, and uh, what a joy it is to preach the good news to you. May God bless your ears and heart that you have the hope and peace that we have in Jesus Christ, and that the Lord changes your view of the world, that you see things as He does with the love of His Son, Jesus. If you want to support His mission here at St. James through Chicago, go to stjames-lutheran.org and donate. Thank you for listening. And what do you think I see? And uh, today's St. Patrick's Day, like official celebration, right? And uh, I can't help, I've got to preach about this. This is my favorite day of the church year. So, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Like I said, um, St. Patrick's Day is... Maybe my favorite holiday. And what better place to be celebrating St. Patty's Day than Chicago? Last year, we missed the uh, river turning green and all the parties, uh, or most of us did at least. And how cool it was um, to see yesterday uh, they uh, turned the uh, beautiful river green. And um, it kind of feels like things are getting back to normal. May the Lord do exactly that. But I love St. Patty's Day because I mean I love Ireland. I love I've been there. I love Irish music and culture. Uh, the Pogues, uh, Dubliners, um, you know the Tossers, Chicago's own great bands. Uh, I highly recommend get into them. So I've always loved St. Patty's Day. But you know, St. Patty's Day to me really is one of the greatest Christian celebrations. It really is a Christian holiday because the words I just mentioned from Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That can't be more exemplified than what God did for the Irish through this guy, Patrick. This is just a beautiful story, right? So he is born in like, uh, I think it's, I think he was born fourth century um, Roman Breton. So he's not even Irish, actually. And uh, so he's living there. His dad was like a deacon in the, in the church, you know, and uh, I think his grandfather might have been uh, a pastor. But he says that he was an atheist, that he had sort of rejected the faith and a classic teenager rebel. Maybe you know someone like that. Uh, but when he was 15, um, some Irish marauders, pirates came in, torturing the village as it happened uh, frequently, and came in and kidnapped Patrick took him away and brought him to the Green Isle, and there he was enslaved. And it's, we can't just easily just say that. I mean, for six years, he was enslaved. For six years, he uh, had to do what someone else told him to do. He probably lived in terrible conditions. He was probably abused in ways you don't even want to know, let alone being homesick and not knowing what his future uh, was, what, what was ahead in his future. But he also learned the Irish language, Gaelic, and he also learned the culture, and he especially learned to pray again. And that's how it goes, doesn't it? In times of suffering, in times where we really are at the end of our rope, it's then when we, unfortunately, I guess, learn to look to God. And so he's praying to God. He's remembering what he knew about this God who loves him. And at some point, God told him or encouraged him to escape. So finally, after six years, he got the courage to escape, and he, he leaves and uh, has to you know, hike 200 miles to the coast and finds a boat and gets across uh, the waters there and comes home. 
Imagine the feeling of home, freedom, being back with family, comfortable again, right? And as he got there, he quickly decided to go into the ministry, to learn more about this God who loves even him, that didn't give up on him, that heard his prayers. And so he goes into the ministry, eventually, after a little while, becomes bishop. And apparently, he says, all the while, he had these visions of the Irish people asking him to come back, to hang, to walk with them. And so at some point, he decides to go back. Now, just think about this. He could have encouraged leaders of the day to have vengeance on the Irish. He could have stayed far away from the people that treated him like he did, stole six years, of his, six years of his life. And think about what he was going back to, the memories, the PTSD. And who knows what the future lay? How would they treat him? Why would you go back? Think about it. But he does. Now, why does he? Because he had come to learn that God so loves the world. And he began to learn that he was that world that God loved. And whoever believes that, he sent, that God sent his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And Patrick knew that he was a recipient of that. And knowing that, how could he hold that back from anyone else? And if God loved him, who was once his enemy, how could he refuse loving those who were his enemies? And so God directs and pushes Patrick out there, and he goes to Ireland, and there he is. He's put in a jail. He's uh, persecuted. He's beaten. But he doesn't stop sharing that good news. He doesn't stop telling people that God actually loves them, telling the people who are worshiping unknown gods, who were slaves to other gods, who worshiped a God that they didn't know what God was thinking. So they sacrificed all sorts of things to this God, hoping that he could get their favor. That's really all religions, is people doing stuff, trying to please God and never sure if they are. And Patrick got to tell them over and over and over that this God actually loves you. This God is for you. That God so loves you that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So he does this over time and he converts many and many come to faith. He actually even goes back to this. I didn't know this until this past week. He, legend has it. Goes back to the person that enslaved him and pays back the ransom that he costs as a slave. What allows Patrick to have that power of grace is because he understood himself as an enemy. It's because when he looked at the Irish he couldn't see them as an other. He couldn't see them as the enemy. He couldn't see them as some alien thing, monster. But instead, as he knows who he was, he can look at them as human beings and, quite frankly, equals, fellow sinners, fellow enemies of God. 
And if God wouldn't withhold his grace from him, how could he withhold it from the Irish? You know, we live in a world of, I think, just extreme self-righteousness. In a world of it's, we're just pitting ourselves. We're just making more enemies, it seems like, more than ever. And we're just grouping people together and calling them enemies. I mean, I feel sometimes like we're living in 17th century Salem, Massachusetts. And we're putting people to the guillotine like the French Revolution. Because we're all righteous except for those people. And we're all okay except for those people. And Christians just can't participate in that. Who are we that draw such lines? What enemies do you have? What person in your life or people or groups in your head that you are withholding grace from? That you uh, have written off? What enemies do you have that God is sending you back to? To forgive, to love, to pray for, to share the good news that God loves sinners. What enemies do you have that you need to reconcile with? If you need the ability to do that, then you go just like Patrick did, and you go back to the fact that we, as St. Paul says, were once dead in our trespasses, or as Paul also says, we were once enemies of God. In fact, Paul says, when we were still enemies, God sent his son to die for us. When we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive in Christ. The more you realize how you're just the complete recipient of God's grace, the more you realize how much you're forgiven for what you have done, empowers you, enables you, frees you to walk in that grace and to share it with others. Or maybe you're that enemy. Maybe you feel like an enemy of God. And maybe you feel like God is a stranger, foreign to you, judging you. Maybe you need to hear that God so loves the world. Maybe you need to hear your name instead of world. God so loves you that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish. You will not perish, but live eternally. What's beautiful about that language that God uses, Jesus doesn't say, whoever straightens up his life for me will live eternally. He doesn't say, whoever becomes a really good disciple and follows all my commands will live forever. He doesn't say, whoever pays back for what he's done against me, then I'll consider giving me eternal life. But Jesus says, whoever believes in me, because I'm going to do all the work, and I've done all the work, I've died and risen for you, and I've told you and promised you you're forgiven, you're going to live forever. Whoever believes in me, that's it, will not perish but live forever. You know, in God's story, we're not the heroes. We're the enemies. That's just something St. Patrick learned. But the beautiful thing is, in God's story, God loves his enemies. He loves sinners. 
He loves you. In Jesus' name, amen. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. There ain't no grave can hold my body down. When I hear that trumpet sound, I'm gonna rise right out of the ground. Ain't no grave.